Good afternoon. Welcome back. Um, if you're just joining us, welcome. Oh, we're just basking in the presence of the Lord. It's so thick. I pray that, and I just know that wherever it is that you're watching from, the presence of the Lord is already there, already working and moving. And we're just going to just invite him right now even more. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for just your miraculous, sweet, like the overflow of who you are. I thank you for being in every home, in every car, and um, every person that's listening or watching. I just thank you. We invite you and we love you, God. We love you. I thank you for everything you're doing, everything that's unknown and everything that's known. You're Lord here, God. And we adore you and we glorify you, God, in Jesus' name. Show us your glory, let us 
by power, not by might, but only by the cross we come alive. Here we run
doesn't have to make sense so don't reason in your own understanding doesn't have to make sense so don't reason in your own understanding doesn't have to make sense In your own understanding, my tiny fragments of faith might be all you have upon your plate. My tiny fragments of faith might be all you have upon your plate. When he touches it, when he touches it, when he touches it, matter can't be measured. When he touches it, when he touches it, when he touches it, matter can't be measured. When he touches when he touches, but it can be measured when he touches, when he touches, when he touches. diagnosis do you have a report that you don't want right now God says stop leaning on your own understanding because matter can't be measured once he touches it it's not according to how we think or even how we believe it's according to the truth and the truth is the word and the truth and the word are a person. And when he touches that report, when he touches that belief, it doesn't matter because matter cannot be measured once he shows up. So if you've got a report right now, I want to invite you to come and bring it and leave it at the altar. And I want you to invite him to come and touch Come and touch that report. Come and touch that diagnosis. Come and touch that testimony that you were wishing would never happen. Bring it for him and leave it here. And let's trust that matter cannot be measured once he touches. Come on. By tiny fragments, by tiny fragments, by tiny fragments, all that you may
Lord, we just do this right now. We lay on the altar that condition. We lay on your at your altar. What we cannot remedy, what we cannot produce, what we cannot perform, what we cannot ignore. We just lay it there. That's us there. And we receive your ability. Your glorious ability as high priest to bring mercy, to bring grace, to wrap us in grace, bring us a mercy we receive. And we declare that matter does not matter when the master touches me. Whatever is the matter will not matter when the master touches me. Whatever is the issue becomes no issue when I touch the hem of his garment. We praise you, Jesus. We are in a holy moment, and we release. You prophesied in the midst of our watches that you would command an exchange moment where we would bring to your altar and leave the things that are not ours to carry, not burdens to bear, not condemnation to wear, not shame to try to avoid, not fear to try to tackle. We are leaving that is yours. Not sickness to be wearing, not demonic struggles to be wrestling with, but your deliverance to come, your healing to come. Oh, Lord, thank you. Just receive it. Let the exchange take place. Let the angels take off the garments of yesterday and put on the garments of the future in Christ Jesus. The season has passed. We're in a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. The old things have passed. All things have become new. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord.
This is that moment, too, now we can bring our tabernacle offering. The Lord wants to be spoken to you about giving in this feast as we appear before him. We're going to take a moment in this worship just to receive and also to give. So if the Lord is stirring in your heart, you can go digitally to give. You can come up front, use the baskets. You can also place more prodigal names in the buckets, I mean, in the in the baskets and place some money in the buckets and just let's let's let that exchange take fully place let's worship with with our in our receiving and worship in our giving it's so prophetic it's so prophetic some of this will really come to clarity even tomorrow because it's so much of, of a move responding to the lord so we bless you lord help us in this moment in giving and in our receiving in jesus name Amen. Amen. Buckets are up and you can respond. I see heaven invading this place. I see angels praising your holy name. And I see praises. I see praises. I give you all the worthy Jesus. I see glory falling in this place, and I see hope restored for healing of all diseases. I sing praises, I sing praises, I give you
we can stand together, I'm going to, as, as we bless this giving, also we're going to offer a prayer for one of our members, Nancy Dolan, who had had a, a surgery, heart surgery yesterday, or the day before, but it had come out well, but then it had just gotten a report uh, in the morning that there was, uh, she had a massive stroke, and so they're not sure of the outcome, uh, and there's swelling in the brain, so we want to ask the Lord right now to bring a miracle, and so... So to the Lord, we give our offerings, and then from the Lord, we receive our healing. And for everyone that we just did. Lord, we, we acknowledge you, Jesus, that you, seated at the right hand of the majesty of high, are fully aware of all movement on the earth, even the numbers of our hair and the sparrows that fly in the land. So we bring you our tithes, our offerings, this tabernacle offering, and ask that you would receive it. And from where you sit, where healing comes forth out of your name and deliverance comes forth out of your name, we receive healing for Nancy. We declare that where she sits before you, you are commanding healing into her body. You are restoring what has occurred in, into this stroke and to her brain, and we out, commanding complaint, restoration, healing, and deliverance, because you are the healer. You are our deliverer. You are our redeemer. You are our salvation. We are here at the great exchange. We're leaving everything behind that's not of you, and we're receiving everything of yours that we don't have. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. Praise you. Wow. This is, this is really, thank you uh, for moving in that direction, because this is really that moment in time we're supposed to be receiving the things that we have need of, leaving the things we don't want. And like Kathy said, leaving the things he doesn't want, receiving things he wants to give us. So you can be seated. Praise Jesus. We're gonna, we've got so many uh, wonderful things to be sharing. Uh, or, and I don't know how that we'll get through them all. Anything we do not get to today, we will, we will pick up on Wednesday. Because the re and tomorrow, the returning conclusion will be the beginning of the conclusion uh, because we're in a new season and like I said the Lord brought a word to me an experience on Wednesday that he said this would be the the, the testimony he wanted about and it, it follows what happened with Ali of the ability of God to be God and yeah. he's not expecting us to be God yeah. he just wants us to receive him as God and allow that ability of God to touch anything that matters. It doesn't matter when the master touches. And, and so anyway, it's going to be, we're going to, we'll do that Sunday, but we'll then take Wednesday because I've heard testimonies, I've heard stories. I want, I want you to hear them because we're just in the beginning of movement that the Lord is initiating. Uh, but we will, we'll do that. We had a, a, a gentleman come up and say, I want to I've got I want to buy two sets of all those books for somebody who's looking to hear those messages grow in that sound, but they don't know um, they don't that's not something they have the, the funds for right now. So you can go back and see Janet afterwards. You can register to be a to join a join a, a watch. Ask the Lord, can I be a part of a watch if I have the affordability of of my schedule time? 
Ask the Lord, because what happens on a watch is what we're doing, what's happened Friday and through this morning and now in this afternoon. It happens every day. And you grow, you grow in this uh, capacity and the increase of his government grows. It's just, it's just fabulous. And I think uh, I heard testimony of a dream uh, that our dear sister Carolyn was on her way uh, to uh, walking and she came to a house of prayer that was praying and they were gathering for, for momentum of the spirit to take the neighbors, take the neighborhood. And from there, she joined it. And then there was a big love feast that everybody gathered together and ate. And so she woke up and saying, Lord, I don't, I'm not a part of anything like that. Where is that? And the Lord said, that's Jubilee. That's the house of prayer for nations. And that's the momentum of the spirit to, re, to win the neighbors and the neighborhoods. So we're part of something that won't end after this. Have you appreciated a being together like this? I have. I have. Would you, would it be something you want to do some more? Yeah? Okay, then let, we, we'll stay open. Let's stay, let's continue. Join, help us. Help us by joining one of our teams. You don't, there's no, there's no, there's no legalistic, if you miss a week because you can't be there, but you'd be surprised once you've set a commitment before the Lord to appear before him, he somehow gives you the grace to do it and the unction to get there. And the momentum starts building because we grow not just agreement with God and his word, which is what he called for, but we also go grow in agreement one with another with God and his word. And you begin to kind of feel a team and the movement, the exponential movement that can take place in a prayer watch is extraordinary. So even if you've never done something like that and you think, oh, that's not me, it will become you. It will become you. you it's, not, it's, it's like the scripture. I, I, I tell everybody, and the, get these out the back too. I tell everybody, I have been changed more this year in reading the Bible, not through, through the Bible versus topical. And we've been, we're right now at the second time through the New Testament. We'll finish at the end of the year, so you can jump right in. We're just in the Gospel of Mark, and we're in 2 Corinthians 5. So you just start where we are today and just journey with us. I believe, I can't. I believe because we're reading the same and listening to the truth and accepting the words, I just either listen to it or I read out loud to God. And when I do, I just read it. And like uh, Jamie said, that's why I wanted her to be able to share of the impact of the word of God on her life is that the Bible is so much more powerful than we, we understand. It'll take you out of depression. It'll take you out of suicide. It'll take you out of fear. It'll take you out of sickness just by the reading of it without understanding even what you're reading, but because you're submitting. But now we're a company of people that are reading. So anyway, that's there in the back, and I hope you take advantage of that. Praise the Lord. I don't think there's anything more I want to say. I want to bring uh, Dee Colson up at first, and I'm going to... Uh, well, let me see. I think there was an, oh, yeah. Okay, and then, yeah, good. I, again, I have so, oh, that's what I wanted to say. Can we thank God for the media team that makes it possible for everybody online? Praise God. Thank you, guys. I mean, you, they, 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 they cause so much to come to pass that causes this, the message to go so far. And tomorrow 
at lunch, let's make sure you go by and thank the, the hospitality, the, the cafe, because that, was that a good lunch? I mean, it's delicious and so much fun, yeah. And we're going to eat tomorrow at 11.30 or thereabouts, but I think it should be closer to 11.30, so we'll plan to that. Yeah. No. Let me pass that. I'm sorry. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I didn't want to go first, but God wanted me to. And Pastor really segued into what's been going on in my heart as far as what happens when you come into the watches. But before I do that, I just want to thank you, Lord, that this is your time. So, Lord, help me give it all to you. And uh, just speak exactly what you want to hear, Lord Jesus. And uh, I'll be mindful of your time as you glorify yourself. In Jesus' name. So first, hello, family. Yeah, hello. <laughs> and um, I have just a little clip of a video I want to show you at the beginning before I start talking about what's been happening with me in the watches and what's going on with me as far as returning. So um, if Diana or Petey will show, it's like three short clips. It's not very clear. You, you won't be able to see it. I won't be able to see it, but if, when you see it, just somebody wave at me when you see the three pictures. Okay. That is my beautiful boy, Ezekiel Jasper Colston, if you haven't met him. But I wanted to share this because I've shared this with a few people in the body over the last several months, that, and I found it recently again. But this is Sukkot 2019. We came into the house on a Saturday night to do worship, and my son was playing the drums, doing the flag, and I was just really trying to settle in. Um, still in a heavy part of grieving after I lost my husband. And I just was trying to watch him because I have to monitor him sometimes. He's grown so immensely though. So he wanders over to the sukkah and I'm thinking, oh great, he's gonna destroy, he's gonna pull it apart, so I'm watching him. And he starts wandering. And the whole time the worship is going on, youth worship team, scriptures are being read out, and he's looking over, he's watching me, and he kneels. And he listens to the word being spoken, he listens to the worship going out. And then he puts his hands together And then he bows, and then he puts his face down and his hands down. I didn't teach him that. And remember that one of the words that Rosie said in her testimony was 1 John 2.27, and I didn't write that scripture down, but 1 John 2.27 jumped into the effect. Oh, they're going to do it. Cool. My son is being taught of the Lord what it means to serve him and honor him and obey him. I'm going to take you back to just the beginning of today when Kathy said, the sukkah represents us coming in, knowing we're unworthy. We come in the gate, we go to the laver for the cleaning. Worship is a form of cleansing and releasing ourselves. My son was worshiping in the sukkah. It's an altar of sacrifice, letting go of everything that you've been carrying. The Holy Spirit taught Ezekiel how to let go of whatever he's carrying. And then he just began to explore. There's a six-minute video, and if you ever want to see it, email me, talk to me, I'll text you the whole thing because it's beautiful. But I just wanted to tell you, we are being taught of the Lord what it means to come into this place of the tabernacle. And we're learning this tabernacle of Jesus. So now let's go back to returning and what's happening with me and the watches. <laughs> so first I just want to say family. Family. Chris talked about it just a little bit. And she said that family was a, sorry. family comes together to pray. Jesus is a living word, alive. He's Yahweh. Family and friends unite in prayer. 
someone shares a scripture, someone shares a song and releases your heart. You know, the word of God says in Colossians 3.16 that we're to come together and encourage each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So for me, what happened was I started reading the Bible at the top of the year on my own. And in February or so, I had stopped some counseling that I was going to and keeping myself accountable to a few of the um, leaders in here in the house, um, women of God. And God just started delivering me out of depression and anxiety. And so counseling was done. So I'm like, now what, Lord? So I was becoming deep in the word, and I started feeling freer. But I wasn't really setting in here. I wasn't coming. You guys, I mean, I came to church after a month and a half, and someone was like, oh, how long have you been here? Yeah, that's not good when somebody asks you that. And you've been here over 13 years. So then, um, <laughs> so then um, I just said, oh, gosh, Lord, what does that mean? And then I was praying on my own at home, reading my word, and I started praying for the body because, you know, I hear the messages online. And I started praying for the body, and I went through Pastor Steve, Cami, Brian, Veda. Um, what's her name? I can't remember. What's that other leader's name? And I'm like, darn it, I need a list. I need a list of all the leaders. And I'm and back in my head's going, well, why don't you just go to church? Why don't you just go to church? <laughs> why don't you just go to church and be with your family? This is my family. I don't know how many times I've walked up fast to say, this is my family. This is my home. So... <clears throat> Moving forward fast, rapidly. <laughs> We're getting into August, and I started reading with the church. My kids and I started reading the Psalms, one proverb a day and the Psalms, the month right before the church started reading the Psalms back in April, was it? Yeah, yeah. And it was just glorious. And I was like, wow, Lord, you have us in the vein. And that would happen several times. We'd listen to a message, and something that would strike our hearts that we had been talking about, Pastor Shiva preached on. Why is that happening, Lord? Because it's your family. It's your family. This is your body, and you're supposed to be here. Oh, okay, I get it. Still didn't come back right away. Oh, trickle in once in a while. So then in August, God hits me up. I'm a SAHM, S-A-H-M, stay-at-home mom. I carpool kids in the morning, carpool kids in the evening, monitor my son. In the middle, I get to rest a little. <laughs> and so lots of time on my hands to do menial things at home, you know, keep it clean, do laundry. Those are menial things, right? <laughs> so... About the top of August, God starts speaking to me. You're asking me for healing. And I've been coming to healing rooms online. You're asking me for healing. It's in my word. And you're reading my word. What is it? What is it? And he said, do the works that I've told you to do. I have put something in you. And you're just not accessing it. So I said, well, what do I do? He goes, pray. I am praying. No, pray. And so he invites me to come to the watches. August 17th is the day that I came, and I want to tell you, if you aren't going to a watch, why? All I can say is why, because you have no idea what you're missing. You have no idea what you're missing until you come, because every, even every testimony that you heard of everyone that comes to the watches isn't going to be the same as your testimony, because God has something so specifically designed for you to enter into in the watch. So I come, and I'm excited, and I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to pray? Oh, just listen. I don't want to, I want to pray. Just listen. I want to pray. So I'm listening. I'm like, and I could hear it. It's going like, Pastor said a couple weeks back, it's going like this person, that person, that person, that scripture, and it's meshing and it's weaving and something's happening in me and then it's rising up and I'm like, oh, 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 is it my turn? And then I pray it out and then someone else jumps on that and it's just glorious. And you can feel this stream coming up from inside you, reaching into the heavens at the same time, just glorious things coming back down. And I was just like, I'm sold. And then I came that night, 
that, and pastor said, you should do this. And I'm like, you know, I think I will. It's in my heart. <laughs> and I've been sold in so, ever since. So we'll go a little bit more forward. Um, then I started reading this little book a pastor friend of mine wrote. Anybody know it? It's called A Speckle from God. <laughs> I don't know how I never saw this book. And I start reading it, and I go, that's what's going on. That's what you're doing, Lord. You're teaching me in the watch that there's a little bit that I've heard that God wants to do, but it's not everything that God wants to do. And you have to read the book if you haven't read it. It's amazing. And so I said, yes, I agree, God. And I've been coming to the watches ever since. By the way, I had like lots of notes. Yeah, God changed the plan on that. I wanted to speak about, but. So I just want to tell you that the returning for me has been based upon something that Jamie said a little bit when she was defining what returning was and reverting. And so God is redeeming and restoring me. Um, I've been in Christ a long time, love him, sold out to him. He's my beloved and I am his. <laughs> and um, something set me aside of pursuing him with all my heart. Disappointments, discouragements, of course, the loss of a husband, some of it, some of it grieving the loss of my hopes and expectations that I had for my son, because I didn't know that I was going to have a son with different abilities and capabilities. But all the while I'm pursuing God, but not letting him have all of that. And so he's telling me in the watches, give it all to me. And he's bringing back into me. Started with Isaiah in 61.4. They shall real, rebuild the places long devastated and the ancient ruins. I'm sorry, I wrote all these scriptures, but I don't think I can focus on reading, but I'll try. Because it, scripture is exactly what we're talking about, is releasing us from the things that we want to let go of and the things that we want to grab a hold of. Oh, praise God. That's right. You guys get to do it that way. Okay, Isaiah 64, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities and the depilation of many generations. So I remember when the Lord put this on my heart in a watch, and then someone else carried it somewhere else, and then someone else carried it somewhere else. And then I also saw that it's actually almost mirrored in Isaiah 58. Um, I hope I can find that one real quick. Almost there. Thank you, Jesus. 12, verse 12. Thank you, Isaiah 58, 12. <laughs> it's up. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repair of the breach, the restore of the streets to dwell in. So for me, God is restoring and repairing a breach that was in my life when I said, I will follow you. Um, you know, and Chris referred to Song of Solomon, and, she's, and so did Deanna the other day. And when I say, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine, I mean, he's mine. I hope he's yours, too. I mean, when it says, have you seen the one I love? 
if you see him, tell him I'm lovesick. He's my beloved, and I'm lovesick. There's nothing else I desire more than him. And yet I had been besieged by so many turmoil and trials and things that were going on. But coming into the watches and lifting up the word of God and agreeing in prayer started a restoration, a returning inside me. I would like to say that I'm a prodigal. I would like to say that the prayers that had been going up in the watches before I came on August 17th is what caused a returning in me to come back into my own house where I'm a family member. I would like to say online, I don't know where to look, you're in my family. If you're in the house of God of Jubilee and you haven't been here, return because you're being prayed for and lifted up and the spirit of God's already wooing and drawing you just like me. If you're here and you haven't let go of whatever it is that hinders love, return, return, because we are pre prepared to gather those that are coming and they will need to know that their beloved is here for them and so desires them. And that's what I, that's, I don't have very much more to say than that, but I am the prodigal, I'm returned, and I wanna say thank you, family. I wanna say thank you, Kathy. I wanna say thank you, Dan and Juanine. I wanna say thank you, um, Priscilla. I wanna say thank you. I could say all of your names because I know so many of you. And if you haven't prayed for me, you've smiled at me, you've hugged me, you're my family. I don't have distance in the house of God. I never yeah. will. If I don't know you yet, you will because I'm that kind of person. I'll be in your face. <laughs> family. We are the family of God, and there's more coming. Yes, there's more there's coming. More coming. More coming. <clears throat> there's more coming. So, praise God. So, Father. Let's stand together and receive while you release a prayer. Yeah, thank you. I can stand too. Yes, I can, Lord. So, Father. Father. You're the father, father of the family. <clears throat> you're the father of our elder brother, Jesus. Jesus, you're our elder brother, our great beloved Savior. Our I got it. king, our priest. We come before you, I come before you, and release this returning of our family here in the house, Lord mm -hmm, God, mm -hmm. to the heart of the beloved, mm -hmm. returning of those that are yet to come into the house, to the heart of communing with one another in the family, loving one another, building up the house, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that if anyone, Lord Jesus, doesn't know where they're supposed to be, that they would just come, even according to Isaiah 55, Lord God, Come, you who are thirsty, come buy and eat. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Kip, I'm going to ask Kip Lambert. You'll come on up, Kip. asked me last Sunday if I'd come up and share what I've seen and what I see where we're going. And really that doesn't take very long. But uh, when I sat down to talk to the Lord about it, he immediately showed me some things from the past from the church I attended before coming to Jubilee. And one of them was uh, 
Pastor Jack Hayford from Church on the Way would come visit our church. It's in Newberry Park. And uh, he told us about coming back from Santa Barbara. And as he was driving home, he came through Oxnard and Camarillo, and the Holy Spirit just started filling his car up. He made it as far as the top of the grade before he had to stop and pray. And he stayed there and prayed until he felt relieved and was able to drive home. But what he said was he saw the freeways were jammed with people coming out to this region. He said there's going to be the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit out here you've ever seen. Yeah. And then this was, this was back in like 95 or something like that. And then uh, in 99, I believe, when Larry Bingman was just starting his ministry, Touch of Jesus, we would meet at his house once a week and we'd pray for about two hours or for about eight or 10 of us. And after we met a few times, the Lord started giving us visions of what was going to happen out here. And it was the same thing, freeways jammed. Hotels were all full. People were opening their homes to give people a place to stay. There were so many coming out here to this region that uh, parking was an issue. So the farmers started making parking next to the freeway. And it, it just, it got to be, you know, and that's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We could put 400 people in this building, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, it takes a lot of people to maintain all this. You know, you got people to deal with parking. You got the ladies in the back that take... That was prophetic, what we did last Sunday. Steve prayed for them to have an, another fresh infilling. That was preparing them for what's coming. And uh, I got, when I sat down uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I forget, and was talking to the Lord about Jubilee, he said, Jubilee, is just like the pool of Bethesda. The only exception was Bethesda, it was when, the, you know the story, when the angel would stir the waters, the people would get in, and the first one in would get healed. Well, it's not the first one at Jubilee. It's everybody that comes through those doors. Mm -hmm. It's going to be all kinds of healing, physical, emotional, mental, you know, the Lord's just going to break things off of people that have held them bound for years. And it's, uh, it's going to be a little messy. Like someone said earlier, they're going to come in, they're going to have a lot of junk on them and everything. And we, we've just got to love on them like they are. Just like the Lord loves us. And he's, he also showed me, he said, when we get together and we praise him and we raise our arms to him, 
Jesus just reaches down with those nail-scarred hands and picks us up and loves on us. And all the things that, are, that deal with our heart just fall away. You know, it's just like a little kid running to mom or dad, pick me up, pick me up, you know. Yes, it's yes. going to be so wonderful. So I want to pray for y'all. Get up. I want to pray for y'all. Yes, yes, yes. Lord, I pray that you open their eyes and their heart and catch the vision of what's coming. And that they put it on their prayer list because there's such power in, with agreement when we all get together and agree. Mm -hmm. Lord, just bless them. Let each one here feel your presence and a fresh touch from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Whoa. noticed when there's an outpouring, it starts in small places. Azusa, small church. People would take the train and they'd fall on their face at the train station, yet it's over a mile away. Yeah. You know, you're going to see that all over again. Yes, yes, we are. Yes. You know, the Hebrides Revival, that was just a small fishing community. Started by two women who got too old to get to church and the Lord would meet them in their house. So come expecting, yes. come expecting. The Lord's going to move in incredible ways. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Delenn. Yeah. This, I feel like we're in that capstone moment, helping us come to the future. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hello. I returned. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. I returned right when there's a returning conference, so I must be the worst of all prodigals. Um, so it's been so, uh, don't let me cry all the way through this. It's been so awesome to be joined with my family. I, I'm literally giddy. I'm literally giddy. I walked in the door. I was normal. Before I walked in the door, I came in the door, and I literally have been giddy now for like a month and a half. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Okay. Pastor <laughs> was like, no, no, no. Don't cry. Okay. Um, anyway, prayer has been amazing. When I heard that there was prayer on uh, Wednesdays, I just really, really, really wanted to come. So I'm glad I'm here. And the Lord has, share, has been sharing some things with me in, in the watches. And um, actually, it's like so much, I'm, I ha I'm having to pick what to say. And um, so I asked the Lord, obviously, and he said, I am the inheritance. Father is our inheritance. When that prodigal left and he thought he took an inheritance with him, and he went and he spent it all he did all, and I could go on and on about all that. When he came home, he came home to his inheritance because his father was his inheritance, and our father is our inheritance. Genesis 15:1. After these things, let's see. I'm so terrible at. Oh gosh, I, I need prayer for my eyes. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, "Fear not, Abram." 
I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. That has been my prayer since I came to the Lord. And you, you guys, it literally, he had me pray that because that's what he wants. You know that word literally means um, for higher wages? You think you can come in here and just volunteer and lay your life down and get a pittance of pay or, or maybe you get, make a lot, I don't know. And, and God is not going to reward you. He is going to reward you. He's going to give you himself. Yes. himself yeah. that is the greatest wages we could ever ask for I got the revel I got this revelation because the Lord made him father made himself known there's that scripture um, wait let's see I have a vision of that I didn't do let's see um, uh, well, anyway, let me just say the scripture is uh, John 14. There's John 14 and there's Matthew 11. Okay, I just turned to it. Um, and uh, all things were delivered unto me of my Father. Jesus Christ gets everything. He got all of heaven. He got all of earth. He's getting all of everything. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's it. He is it. And then he says, but I'm going to make known my Father. You're going to know my Father. And you guys, the New Testament is the revelation of Father. Yeah. If he said everything Father said and he did everything Father did, then it must be our Father that wanted to heal the sick. It must be our Father that wants to deliver. It was our Father's, it was a revelation of our Father. So I have discovered, and I don't want to sound goofy, I have discovered another crossing and it is the crossing of the atmospheric river. And I know that sounds really, really weird. It's just so to speak. I'm just saying it as it were, just like the veil was torn. When Jesus Christ ascended, he tore the veils of the heavenlies. He gave us scripture that I will give you places to walk among these. He says, you have come to Mount Zion. It's a mountain that can't be touched with hands. It's a place you go in the spirit because as several people have said, the kingdom of God is within us. And Father, literally having a relationship with Father has its own, its own characteristics. Its own characteristics. And it is the most incredible it has changed everything. It changed my life. It changed, it changed my spiritual life. It changed everything. And not that Jesus is less than by any means. I mean, I still spend time with Jesus all the time, obviously. It is Jesus who wants us to know our Father. He said that if you love me, we're going to both come and make our abode with you. Both. Yes. Yes. Father. Yes. He's going to yes. make his abode with us. And you got, he means that. He didn't just, the word is actually, he means what he's saying. He actually yeah. means it. Yeah. We have to be, I was just, I was sharing with Carol, Caleb. We have to be like Caleb. We need to rent our garments if we have brothers or sisters that can't believe. We have to understand what this word is. I'm not playing tiddlywinks. I'm not interested in that. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I know, I'm sorry. I always use stupid words. No. <sighs> I really want us to come into this, you guys. It is life-changing. It is the new thing. It is the more God, more Lord, more Lord, more. Father, there is no more. When you, when you come into a revelation of your Father, it's everything. 
You can lose everything. You can be nothing. You can be nothing. You can have nothing. It doesn't matter. You don't even feel it. He's the oasis in the storm. He's the oasis. He told me, look up oasis. And it's in the Bible. It's Elam. 12 springs and 70 palm trees. That's our father. While there's a storm going around and around and around him. Because he's the eye of the storm. You don't feel it. You don't whine and moan and groan and complain and writhe on the floor and give the devil glory. Anyway, sorry. I'd like to impart, if you're okay with that. Okay, stand up. <laughs> I, did I do 20 minutes? Yes, yeah, good, okay. good, good. Thank good. you, Father. Thank you. I'm, I'm just so not tame. I'm sorry about that. I want to be tame. Thank you, Father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I glorify you, Father. I bless you, Father. I worship you, Father. I've spoken your name, Father God. I have spoken of you, Lord, and I worship you, Father, and I speak and proclaim and decree and declare over my family, over my household, over my body, and over this church and my people. The people of the Lord, my pastors, the leaders, Father, all the volunteers, Father, all of the less than, all of the the little ones, the nameless, the faceless, Father, the you, Father God, that you would be our exceedingly great reward, Father, that you would come and make your abode with us, Father, Jesus, that you would reveal your Father to us, in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Thank you. Remy? Yeah, come on up. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, this is going to be a place to just go and camp in the spirit with the Lord. Thank God it's going to be on the YouTube and you can just go back and walk through the whole time. Hi, ever since Ali t- spoke, I've just had this song on my heart and I feel like if I don't just get it out, it might just come out anywhere. I don't even know if this is supposed to be written as a Christian song, but I was just thinking, um, I want to run to you. Oh, oh, I want to run to you. Oh, 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 and here you stay. You won't run I think it's from the body God. I don't know, but I always, but it's always just ministered to me as being, I, I just want to run to you. Not only return, but I want to run yes. Yes. into that return to you. So when I hear the word return, I was hearing return to your first love. And that's, of course, taken from that Revelation 2.4, but this I have against you, that you've abandoned the love that you, you had at first. And um, I don't think any of us really intend to abandon him, but we get distracted and we just kind of wander off and then we realize, oh, I, I got to turn back. So come back to that love you had at first. Last night during the first session, I realized that I had to utterly scrap every note that I had. And that's really scary because I never want to end up like Joy Dawson, you know, and just stand there was in there forever. Well, God, I won't speak till you speak. But, you know, I have all these beautiful notes, and it's the night before, and now what? So I kept um, 
they were God-inspired well enough, and, and they, I've even actually delivered this, um, this particular talk that I wrote notes on before to a few people, and they went to the right places, but they weren't, as I originally presumed, for this congregation, for this group of people right now, not at this time. So as I went through every line of my notes, screening for what I was allowed to keep, and I was just begging the Lord, let people see how good I am with these words and putting together this powerful sermon, and yeah, no. Not the, not, not the point of my getting to be here, obviously. Either his will is done or I, I just have no business even being here. So whether you're the one ministering or the one being ministered to, I'm sure you've noticed how people really only receive ministry when we're just vulnerable and humble and share from the heart. And we may actually impress with how articulate or informed we are, but if we miss the whole purpose of just being the conduit for Holy Spirit to get his work done, we've missed our purpose altogether, and I don't want to do that. Oh, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not teaching. I, I've just given my testimony, and it, it comes across kind of teaching because that's all I've done all my life is, is to blame my mom. My mom can be sitting right next to you having a normal conversation, and it will be all perfectly edited and big words, and, and she just talks that way. I don't know. And anyway, so we don't want to miss our purpose or else our little performance is just pointless and no significance. So returning to our first love yes, yes. points us back in the right direction. Deanna said, yes, Deanna pretty much just took my, my notes. But she said, focus on your delight in me. And Diana sees returning as listening. Eddie sees returning as standing and holding your place. And all of these are valid, vital points. Thank you so much. And my little angle on return is going back and remembering. So first of all, to return, you go back to a place from wherever you began. A pastor I, I had many years ago, well, that could have been you, actually, <laughs> Pastor Steve, said we must go back to the spot where we lost him, and that's where you'll be able to pick him up again. Go back to the place where you knew him with such intimacy, and you'll rediscover that intimacy again. So, you know, if I am in one place and I just wander off and, you know, I just get all out in the weeds and then I, I realize, oh my goodness, look how far away I got. I gotta figure out where was that spot where I first missed it, and that's the one I have to go back to to pick up again. You know, like I've heard other people say, when you say, God, what's your will? What am I supposed to be doing? Sometimes he just says, well, you, got, you know what you're supposed to be doing, you know? Go back to that place and use what I gave you. You know, use what your mama gave you already. And um, don't go trying to reinvent the wheel necessarily. Go back to that place where, oh, okay where you lost him, and that's where you'll find him again. Find him again. So remember, go back and then remember. That's my other, gonna be a kind of a theme word. Remember who he was to you when you first met him. He is the one to whom you couldn't wait to be in his presence. He's the one who you just had to tell everyone about because he made you so happy. He made the world look different when you first got saved, you remember? You laughed out loud with joy when you weren't weeping with gratitude for all he'd forgiven you and, and was willing to hold you and love you. Healing all of those spaces that so needed to be filled with him and remaking you 
into his image, a lover of him and a lover of others. Everything that distracts from his glory and pursues my own is a diversion from my first love to an idol, even seemingly good things. Singing in the past got me a little personal praise, and this was often a major motivation for wanting to sing, but singing is also a central tradition in my family. That's the way we communicate in pretty much every kind of situation, my mom's side anyway. The singing is, is something we've always done, like learning to talk, and someone one always does, especially in each other's presence. You get any couple of stones together, it's just, you know, a fiesta of music. Um, but lose it, so losing my singing voice, at least in a lot of my former range, felt like a musician going deaf. And here I was going to share a little bit of my, my latest journey, but it'll take too much time. So I'll just let you know, I've, I've been getting treatment and therapy and medication. And yeah, one of my vocal cords doesn't work properly. It doesn't respond. They found out I got the sinus surgery and then more recent, they had to send me to a specialist in UCLA because it was over the head of the ENT. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to get there. And by this time next year, I should, I should be a lot further yes, along with the Lord's help. Yes, you are. But um, yes, you are. I just wanted, I just shared that to say, I needed to remember who the Lord was to me when I began um, leading worship in my teens and my early 20s. I'd occasionally look out at the congregation and wonder, do you? you actually realize how amazing is the God that we serve, how glorious, how majestic, how enough glory, oh, how immeasurably brilliant and, and ingenious. We can't possibly give him enough glory if we spend the rest of eternity trying. Let's try our hardest now, though. We, we just, we can always do so much more. We have to continually press into the intensity of our worship. He is so worthy. He is so worthy. No wonder all the hosts of heaven can do nothing but cry, holy, 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 day and night, day and night, night and day, eternally. It's still not enough. So along this line, I want to share a brief testimony. In the very first week of this year, a series of events sent me into a deep depression. Most days I, I probably didn't want to live, didn't want to get up, didn't want to go to church, didn't want to go anywhere. And it's very humbling to admit how very vulnerable I am to the same disease that I'm trained to diagnose and to treat. Whether you're extremely low, when you're extremely low, your, your very brain chemistry changes and you often have no will to seek help, even from the Lord. You just wanna stay there and be sadder, I guess, and stew in it. In fact, you will most likely turn your face from him as well, assuming that he's failed you. Um, so, most of you guys are at least my age, I think you can remember. In the 90s, there was this little loop of music that somebody in England taped. And there was just this homeless man, you know, they called him a bum, on the street uh, of England. And he was just wandering. He had absolutely nothing, nothing to his name. But he was singing, and he had kind of a beautiful, resonant voice. So they followed him with the microphone. And this is what they picked up. And they was going, Jesus' blood has never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. Jesus' blood has never failed me yet. This one thing I know, that he loves me so. And his blood 
has never failed me yet, and it keeps looping. So they added, they did it several versions of the, um, several pieces of that voice, and then they added instruments. And anybody remember that? It was kind of popular. It was going around. So I had to follow the counsel I've always given to others who suffer from depression. In most likelihood, it eventually will eventually try to return and take hold of you. Satan has never played fair, and he's not fixing to start now. If the Lord allows this particular thorn in the flesh to resurface, have a plan and stick to it. Return to it. Remember, come back to, return to the pledge of your life to him. You entered into a permanent covenant of belonging to him and establishing his lordship over you, like a marriage. Yes, yes, yes. yes. No matter how loudly your feelings are screaming, he is lord over you and not the feelings. So he and not them gets to dictate how we react to our circumstances and to our feelings. One evening, I somehow had the foresight to just suddenly take an objective look at how overwhelmed I was with this event that rendered my entire spirit so poisoned that I was rendered unable to function with the weight of rejection, selfishness of other people to me, and lack of appreciation or care for how much I was suffering, but still trying to do my best for particular people, particular person. You probably know how it is. At the end of the day, when your energy is down and have no more fight to counter all the yammering of the enemy in your ear, he literally tries to kick you while you're down. Like I said, he doesn't play fair. Somehow, the Lord gave me the foresight to recognize this pattern and step outside of that whole set of feelings and make a clear-headed assessment before they were able to suck me down into complete blackness. They don't call it a black disease for nothing. It's, it's the common cold of psychology depression, but it's a black place. And yes, I, I might use clinical terms to describe it. It's definitely the enemy is at the root of it. And at the bottom of which is an inability to do anything but pray for death to deliver you from the pain. I suddenly looked up to heaven with boldness and surprisingly great relief, and I just blurted out, you know I can't handle this, <laughs> but I know you you yeah. do, you can. I suddenly know, knew what to do by the Holy Spirit's inspiration, of course. I returned to my first love, to heaven and confidence. And I said, Father, I'm feeling, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling very sad. Here are my feelings, holding them up to you. Here they are, these are for you. These are not for me anymore, because you can handle these. I, I can't, but you can. These are big feelings, but they're not too big for you. Like, yeah. you, like you taught the preschool. Where's Allie? That was so beautiful. God is bigger than that. They really are. It doesn't take much faith to understand that. Here they are. See them? I'm turning them over you, to you to handle for me. And I got to give credit to my wonderful, wonderful husband that I don't even deserve. But he's my example for how he handles his issues. When we were very, very much in debt and the Lord has delivered us from most of it now, you know, just, and in fact, we're, we're a lot further ahead, a lot faster than we thought we would be just by his grace, but he would just take his bills and not freak out, you know, not yell at me, not be an abusive husband or anything, but he would just go to that place that he keeps carefully nurtured every day, and he just held them up and said, here they are. I'm worshiping you with my bills. Yes, you are. And I just had to say, you know, I'm worshiping you in the midst of depression. I don't deny it, but I'm, I'm 
worshiping you with it. Yes, yes. Here you go. And um, where am I? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm turning them over, them, them over to you for, to handle for me. In fact, I trust you with everything that concerns me. Thanks for handling this for me. I worship you, Lord, with all my feelings, the good and the bad. I said, why didn't I think of this before? But just this very morning, I received a devotional reading from Trip Prince that contained this, uh, this thought. Thank you, Lord, for how, well, I'm saying thank you, Lord, for how your timing is always perfect. I wanted to share about this today. And, and here he says, these pains and countless others like them are the very moments to which we must be present. We name them and bring them out into the light. We are present to them, not wow. to increase our pain, but to invite the Lord to be near to us, uh, near to us in our pain. Uh, in this can, way, can we, can we cut to the chase? We're right at that spot. Right oh, now. we're right at that spot? Yeah. That, okay, you, okay. I won't read that. I won't read that. Remember well, I want you joy. to pray. I want that okay. in I want to, how many want to release some stuff? Okay. You know, so and acknowledge here, we're right in the middle here's of it. The, here's my ending then. I'll just skip over everything to the end. So I said, all I could do in the midst of this is just cry out to God my return. And I guess I'm not here to hear the worship you guys get to see in the morning when I'm in the back. But even the musical cadence of Diana's song, all I could do all last night until this morning was, my God, my joy, my delight, you are my king. Yes. My delight, you are my joy. Yes, you are. My delight, my God, my joy, my, my delight. God. So my vision was Whoa. for each of us to just be able to, oh, this was part of what I wanted to do from months ago, but I had no idea it was going to be Sukkot time. And here the sukkah is here. I was thinking maybe we'll just build a little funny cave or something. And we actually have it. I thought I can ask Kathy and Mac, you know, to do their beautiful thing. And it's actually here. So my idea was, you know, just maybe six or eight of us at a time could just enter in there and say, I return to my first love. Yes. So I'll have to leave that to your time, but I'll just end with, yes. with praying that. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Lord, I just impart to my brothers and sisters the joy of returning to you and finding you in that place of our first love again. Mm -hmm. You are our God, our joy, and we enter into the, the secret place under the shadow of your wings to receive from you and come back to that intimacy with you. You complete us and just fill us with only your life and your joy. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Wes, don't you come on up. This is so good. So, so good. So good. Hi, Jubilee. Oh, thank you, everybody, for sharing. Thank you, Kip, for sharing what you shared. Uh, you're stirring me up again for this region. Uh, sat with Pastor Steve, and I've looked him in the eye in this last season. I said, I feel like I lost my fight uh, for this region. Like, I feel like I even lost my fight for California. 
And, uh, and then all of a sudden, Cammie stood up one morning, and she looked at me, and she said, don't lose your fight. Build God's house, he'll build your house. And uh, I looked at Pastor Steve the next week, and I was like, you surely uh, spoke with Cammie about our conversation, right? And he said, no, I didn't. So I knew it was the word of the Lord that Cammie delivered. And uh, I've lost my fight many times for this region. And it's interesting because it's like this region has a lot like that I've contended for. I mean, I long to see what was prophesied by Pastor Jack. And uh, our son was born actually in Ventura Hospital when he should have been born in Tarzana Hospital based on where we live in our insurance. And he was born on Friday the 13th on the harvest moon. And he was born at like two o'clock in the morning. And he had the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck and all the C-section people came into the room and my wife said, pray out loud, Wes. And I said, Micah Revival, come forth in the name of Jesus. And he shot right out. So that was three, that was three years ago, September. And uh, we did something in the San Fernando Valley in October of 2019. And we gathered a lot of people in a stadium and it was really awesome. But for three years, we've set our sights on this region and we've tried everything. And uh, I don't know, but the Lord's definitely stirring me up again. Thank you, Kip. And uh, yeah, so I was going to share a little something about Elijah. And there was something that was just burning inside of me because when Steve was playing that violin, all of a sudden I had this open vision and I saw the sword of the mouth of the high priest and I saw the gauntlet of his word and that which pierces to the division of the soul and spirit and divides the joints from the marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart and I saw that as my invitation to come in and it wasn't just like an invitation without pain it was an invitation that would cost everything and then at the same time the sword turned into a slide and I started to deliver my loved ones to a slide, but the sword had to go through me. And the sword that was coming out of his mouth was this instrument of joy for the loved ones that I would be willing to be pierced on their behalf with. And I feel like I've taken things personal in this season when it comes to pain because I haven't recognized the value of what it produces in others. If there's the contradiction of the apostle, and I'm not calling myself an apostle, but I'm just letting you know that there's a contradiction with somebody that carries the death of the Lord Jesus in his body so his life could be made manifest in another. There's a contradiction when you bear in your own body the sufferings of Christ for the sake of these ones in front of you that have yet to experience the weight of his glory and the grace that that's so spared and delivered and redeemed. And there's just something about carrying the life of another and being willing to e even travail as in childbirth until Christ would be formed in a people. And I'm starting to realize that all these shots and all of that that has come, it's all unto a deliverance of so many that could never be delivered apart from somebody willing to go in 
and be cut. And I wanted to avoid the cut because it's been painful. It's like whenever there's something that rises up now, such as a tent revival, a ministry of this or that, all of a sudden it seems like a messenger of Satan gets sent and like this low blow comes and I'm out and I've literally started to experience like almost like being paralyzed a few times and I've been on my knees for months and months and I wake up and I get into this place where like there's so much pain that I'm just on my knees. I'm realizing that what Elijah did when he prophesied the drought ending, it came on the heels of something that had to happen. And I'm just here to prophesy that the drought's ending, but that's a little bit future and that there is a Mount Carmel moment happening right now in our midst, but there is a drought that's ending. And there's something that he wants to reveal even at a 1 Kings 18 right now. And uh, it's going to be 1841. It says this, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink. For there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground, put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked, said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud, small as a man's hand, rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind. There was a heavy rain, so Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And there was a tenacity that came upon Elijah to get into a position and every time he sent a messenger, um, Psalm 103.20 was getting highlighted to me in the, the messenger message of God calls, calling his messengers, his servant messengers, to excel in strength and to do his word and heed the voice of his word. And the Lord was showing me that there has to be a message sent to a messenger. Not all angels are messenger angels, but a lot of angels are messenger angels. And there has to be a message given to a messenger, the word, for the messenger, the servants of God, to heed his word, to excel in strength, to do his word. And there's something that comes when this Elijah is willing to get into that position. And he is in a position, and he's sending out the message, and the messenger's going and there's no evidence that there's anything changing. And he's sending his messenger not to go out and look up in the sky for a cloud. He's calling his messenger to look at the sea for a cloud. And I don't know, have any of you ever seen a cloud coming out of the sea? I'd have to say that you'd have to be able to see into the invisible realm to be able to capture the cloud coming out of the sea, the condensation going up. And in that there's seven times over, but he had to be 
He had to return to the Lord each time he had to come out of the crouch to give the messenger the message. And there was a returning. And not only was the servant returning and going out to look for that which was being prophesied was coming, but there was the individual that was carrying the heart of what God had revealed to him having to return again after sending his messenger with no evidence. And I feel like I got into a position and I was willing to carry the, the very evidence of what God had revealed and that there was so much hope for a region and so much he wanted to do. And I sent out the messenger, but that which returned was not the same messenger that I sent out. It was a messenger from Satan that came to Buffett. And it seemed like every time I sent out the word to do the work and to excel in strength and to, to have the word be watched over and perform, a messenger of Satan came back on on the heels of it and then there's been a weariness because it seems like every time you send out the word there's something that comes on the other side but the Lord was showing me that there's the heating of the voice of the messenger of the one that's sending out the message for the messenger to be able to go and give the very message that's needed when we're calling forth the prophetic into this hour. And so the message that was being sent out to the messenger was to go find something that couldn't be seen with your natural eyes. And the messenger was sending out a message, but that messenger was being dealt with in his returning. And every time he'd send out the messenger, the servant, and, re and came back, and there was no evidence of anything happening. So what I'm feeling like right now is that there's weary people in this house. There's people that have sent the word. There's people that have contended for their loved ones. There's people that have put all these names in these baskets, and you've sent the word so many times. And many times the word came back with the messenger from Satan to buffet you and to put a thorn in your flesh and to try to paralyze you and destroy you. But I'm here to tell you that the transformation of continuing and returning and sending out the word over and over again qualifies you to be a voice that can be heard, not just in heaven, but all of the demonic kingdom and all the powers of darkness and suddenly they have to obey and then when the messengers go forward there's not going to be the resistance and you're going to see the manifestation of the word fulfilled so that's what i want to prophesy today can we stand up yep yep whoa hmm, yeah father we give you glory hmm Father, I give you glory. Oh, you are holy. Mm. You are beautiful, Yeshua. You are beautiful, King Glory. You are beautiful, Bridegroom. You are beautiful, Judge of the living and the dead. You are beautiful. The rays of light that rise from your eyes. Mm. You are the Son of Righteousness that rises with healing in his wings. You are holy. Oh, I thank you, Father, that weary messengers, because of the desire to be the one that carried out 
what was called in the beginning, what they knew to be their appointed location, the place that they were supposed to dig deep roots and go into the soil and plant and give themselves to see a harvest and those that have grown weary those that have been sideswiped those that have been detoured those that have had roadblock after roadblock those that have been taken captive those that have been tripped and those that have been uh, found in a snare and found in a place of being captive. I just decree right now that there is something inside of you being refined, that there is something in you that hasn't been able to be heard because there is something in you that's happening, that's fine-tuning, so that the voice of the one that comes forth from your yielded life would be heard and the messenger angel angels would no longer just be messengers unto themselves but they would unite with the warrior angels and the prince of Persia that has withstood you will no longer be fought by a messenger angel but the war angels will come onto the scene and begin to tear down that which is trying to hold up, that which is trying to delay, that which is trying to cause traffic jam, that which is trying to back up the flow of God and I just decree right right now that as the messenger angels receive the message from the ones that are willing ah. to put their face to the ground on their knees and cry out and continue to send the word and decree that the messenger angels would excel in strength and do his word and be fully given over to perform his word that there would be such an evidence such a release such an abundance of rain such a supernatural that comes from the very sea itself that rises up to fill the entire sky with black clouds from the hand of the one that's moving right now, the hand of the one at the right hand, the one that's hand, his arm is never too short, the one that is right-handed, the one that puts his hand down and nations are dashed to pieces, the one that has this potter's vessel, this rod, to take down, to tear down, to uproot. I thank you for the scepter of the kingdom, the scepter of righteousness being extended today by the right-handed warrior, yes, our high priest, the king of glory, and that you are watching over the word, high priest, and the message will go to the messengers, and the messengers will unite with the warriors, and we will see that which has withstood us crumble, and we will see the fullness of the outpour of the Spirit and the drought ending and the great release of this end time harvest in Jesus name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, praise the Lord. Lori, come on up, please. Oh, this is rich. So rich. Pascal, then I'm going to have you come on up just to give a testimony of the returning. Are you good with that? You, you, what's that? Okay, well then I'm going to have you bring your shofar in a minute when Jan comes to blow the shofar for the prodigals. Good. I forget how many, who have I asked who I didn't or when. So more is coming. 
Um, just going to share what the Lord has been showing me through um, the watches here at um, church. I'm going to make it quick. He's been showing me that he's making his church a drink offering. Wow. And when I heard that, I went, oh, gosh, Lord, that's heavy. That's really heavy. Am I going to die? <laughs> I see drink offering the people ministering here, and they're sacrificing their time. And, you know, I had this conversation with him, and then he's like, don't worry about it. Just come to me, pray, have intimacy. Pray for intimacy for my people, a relationship. And I said, okay, that's good. And then the next word I heard was he's raising up his singing prophets. I'm like, oh, wow, what's that mean, Lord? Singing prophets. I want you to understand I only get like a word or a sentence or a picture, and then I have to ask the Lord, what does that mean? Show me. And so he's been showing me the singing prophets in the house, the worship leaders, you know, they're just getting so good with spontaneous worship. Um, when I hear people singing scriptures like D, and then I hear Peter, and then I hear other people, and I'm like, ah, oh, singing prophet, singing prophets, singing prophets, and then pretty soon it, it expands more. It just doesn't stop here at the altar. It expands more, and I'm like, Lord, what's a singing prophet? And then I look it up, and I see the scriptures in, in the Bible, what they did, and what they proclaim, the boasting of the Lord, what he does, and who he is. And then I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, make us all singing prophets. Make us all singing prophets that we will shift the atmospheres with your boasting of who you are and encouragement. And then I got the word, um, the Father's love and how he's giving us his love. A lot of us have a distorted image of Father's love. And when he gave me that a couple of weeks ago, I go, gosh, Lord, I don't even know if I'm disciplining my kids right. What is the Father's love? Your love disciplines us so differently than how we dis discipline our own children. You know, we can criticize, we can tell them how to walk, but when Holy Spirit comes and he, he um, shows us with his rod, um, it's just... He takes, he breaks the confusion of where we're supposed to go, and he shows us a direction. And sometimes it's just uh, um, a correction, and, but you feel this relief, this relief, and it's, it's like a joy. It's so weird, but supernatural. So we've been praying about the Father's love. It just comes up, and then we pray into it. And I think it's just a continual prayer. And then I got the word free-falling at the end of one of the um, sessions. I'm like, free-falling? And I saw this picture of a person free-falling in the sky, a blue, clear sky, uh, with nothing around it. But it was like the Lord was saying, free-fall into my arms. Free-fall into my arms. And Allie explained it perfectly in her last when she came up here, like, you don't need to do anything, just free fall and trust me. So I've been praying into that, like, Lord, what does that look like? What does it look like, Lord? And um, I get a sense when I question him about it, it's, it's a feeling of vulnerability, of letting him take control.
you know, not me, not, you know, what we do. Because we're in this American culture where we're striving to get stuff and then we're striving to keep it. And then we're supposed to be a drink offering. Well, how do you give a drink offering when you're striving to hold this American culture? You know, it, it's kind of confusing, but he's starting to show me, you know, set your, set your place, Lori, set your place. Come, come to prayer. Come and know me. Uh, you know, don't work so much. And I'm like, okay, who's going to pay my bills? <laughs> So that's another whole conversation. Lord, okay, give me creative, you know, financial ability or whatever. But I see this through all, all the, um, the words of, of being a drink offering, letting go, the Father's love, free falling, and into his arms. And so I just want to impart that yes. right now. Yes, let's stand Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you give us pictures and you give us uh, just one word or a sentence and you let us run with it and you show us. Lord, I ask for the ability to be a drink offering, Lord, a sacrifice to those over us and, and around us wherever we're at, Lord. Just open our hearts, Lord, to others with the Father's love that you are giving us. You are taking that fine linen off of our our spiritual heart so it can expand and show the compassion that is coming out and I thank you Lord for that thank you and I thank you for showing us how to free fall into your arms Lord so that we can just count on you to do everything thank you Lord did I miss something nope that's good I think that's, that's good. it Praise thank you Lord thank you Calvin Thank you, Lori. We want one more, and then we'll be closing up this. Sis, you know, you can understand how uh, after you start listening, hearing, and you're participating, and you're, you know, things are happening. Priscilla? Yeah, I, yes. Irma, come on up then. Come on up. Yeah. We'll come up and just share the quick testimony because it is a returning. Thank you, Priscilla. I, and I have some other people that I've talked about. I want you to come come back on Wednesday. I'm just not getting going to get everybody. Janet, we don't get to blowing the shofar? Okay, we'll blow that. We'll close you. We'll blow that and you can help us. And uh, Pascal. Okay, please. Irma. This is really quick. Be careful who you share with because all the sisters will throw you up here. Um, I, came, I came unprepared. I have no notes but I have a powerful testimony. I've been praying for my son for a very long time. My son is 41. He's been addicted to drugs and alcohol. He moved three years ago to, te to Texas with this other girl that um, her mother committed suicide. First it was depression, oppression, and then um, bipolar. So they found her dead over a bathtub. That's the girl that he's with. Uh, the girl's mother died, passed away. And um, so he's been with her ever since. But the girl is also in, in drug addiction. And um, I've been praying and praying for all my kids. And I have four of them. And I have nine grandchildren and three great-grandkids. And um, my son and I had not spoken because I told him he needs to get his life together right with Jesus Christ. He's heading down the wrong way. 
and he told me his peace of mind, and we never talked after that. I, I still prayed and prayed, and I still sent him scriptures. And last night, when I got home from uh, a prayer meeting, I saw my phone, and there was a little video there, and this guy was dipping in water, but I couldn't see it, and I had to put on my glasses. I saw it three times, and I said, that looks like my son Pete. That looks like my son Pete. And then, and then I said, it is my son Pete. Lord, he's dipping in water. He's being baptized by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I praise God for that because that video, he said, God is good, Mom. I'll call you in a bit. And, and I saw him dip himself, and I said, do you realize what you just done? You drowned the old captivity man down. Those things that had you in bondage, you left them in the water. You're a new creature in Jesus Christ. He arose from the dead. No longer does the enemy have a hold of my seat, and no longer does the enemy have a hold of your seat, your ministry here. The enemy wants to rip us off, but we will stand strong in the Word of God. And he texted me, and he said, Mom, I feel so good. My, I feel so light. I feel I've been fasting. This is, I've been sober for 40 days. This is his 40th day. I've been sober for 40 days now. Haven't took no drink, have no drug, cold turkey. And before he got saved, he, he was driving from work because he was like a functioning, I guess, drug or alcoholic. And he would go to work. And then he saw this light coming out of this building. And he goes, what's this bright light coming out of this building? And he went to investigate it. And it swallowed him. And it was a prayer meeting. And... <laughs> And he started listening to the word of God, and this guy told him, come back tomorrow. And he said when he, when he came out of that building, he felt like darkness and shackles and things. The enemy had him on his neck and his throat and his spine. He felt that, that he was like a puppet to the enemy. But God, God Almighty intervened there yeah. and took a hold of my son, and he is free in the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless. Oh, great. Irma, thank you, but now everybody wants that for their children. Okay, so stand up and all those ones you carry in love and let's receive this impartation. All of them, yes. Father God, we just ask you today, Heavenly Father, that you heard our cry as parents, Father God, whether uh, the child or the, or, or, um, or the teenager or the adult child, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, is suffering from sickness or disease or even uh, lost out there in the rural, we ask you that the prodigals will come home now, yes, Heavenly Father, that they will bow their head, Father God, and recognize you as Lord and Savior, Father God. Lord Jesus, tremble in their feet, Father God. Give us the right words, Father God, that we can capture them back. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, we release your word, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on up. Come, Calvin, you're going to come up and share the closing uh, declaration, but I want Pascal and Jan, and would you get three of the shofars coming up to blow? Because we just prayed over the, over the basket. So let's come, come on up. Get your shofar and shofar. And then you're going to give the testimony of a return, and then we will send, we will go forward. So. Yeah, you blow over those baskets. I'll blow over those baskets. Yeah. Let's, yeah, we're going to. Stretch out your hands. Let's, we, we've just declared this, but now the, the sound of heaven is going to break open. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm a, I'm a prodigal also, and I'm going up to Seattle for the prodigals in my family, and they're all in these baskets. 
and I'm with everybody here and all those prodigals, but the shofar is to gather them. We're gonna blow to awaken them to return. So that's what our blow will be today. In Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. okay. We're gonna do it separately or? We're gonna do it all together, but all he, together. we got, Pascal's got it. Yeah, a quick, a quick a word of testing. A quick word of testimony about yesterday. This this season that we are living is really highly prophetic. As you know, we, we live in Santa Barbara, and in a very hard soil and uh, background. And I've been a music director in a very liberal church for ten years, uh, almost ten years, and uh, it was a desert place. And I was crying in that empty sanctuary for for years and in the evening and blowing the shofar, and yesterday, the first fruit, a young man uh, from the neighborhood who had brain uh, damage, uh, uh, huge damage, came and gave his life to the Lord. One of the neighbors. Yes. Okay. So what? Once the shofar starts blowing, to blow a shofar or to clap the hands is the same verb. So we will all become shofars to awaken everyone wherever they are to be given the gift of repentance, to come to the knowledge of the truth, to escape the snare of the evil one has taken him captive to do his will and to return to the Father's house. Amen? So why don't we all stand together? I'll come around all of you, so. I don't care what you do. Come on, Calvin. Calvin's going to give his story as a closing, and it will be, a, and then we'll be on, on to the day. Thank you. Go. Praise God. Isn't God good? I'm a, I'm a returner, and I, I was praying for my children who are in the basket. So just in case you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm like you. I'm expecting a miracle. Just like we heard. What a wonderful testimony. Oh, man. I want that for all of us. Yes Lord. yes, Lord. So, Father God, I just give you glory. I'm going to pray for a moment. Father, I give you glory and honor, and I praise you, Father, and I ask in the name of Jesus that your name be lifted up and exalted on high, and that you, your name, which is above every name, would receive all the glory from anything I say this day, and shut my mouth, and, and make me mute if I do not speak your word and truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So God is good because he allowed me to come back to Jubilee. You know, everyone that spoke today was speaking about all of us and confirming what God is doing in our midst. Yeah. Because in, two, in the 1990s, I came to Jubilee with my young family. And we were 
we were devoted Christians, and we yep. served God, and we gave, you know, tithes and offerings, and we came to Sunday schools, and some of your children grew up with my children, who now are running hard from God, so being a good Christian didn't save my family. In fact, being a good Christian didn't save me, because just like the prodigal son, I cashed out my inheritance, and I ran to the world. And Kelly, you have a scripture from 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4, if you'd put that up. I'd like to share that with you. So what does God say about me in the last days and others? For men in 2 Timothy verse, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, I was a traitor, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people turn away. That's the best description of my rejection and walking away from God that he could ever put down in words. Because he blessed me. I received prophecy and miracles that occurred in my family, and I did exactly what these, this, this uh, truth of the last days. Do you guys know Dick Mills? He used to come to Jubilee back in the 90s. I was in the audience when Dick Mills was up during a visit prophesying, and I don't know Dick Mills before that. I never spoke to him face to face. No one in my family knew him or corresponded with him, so Dick Mills didn't know us at all. But during his service, when he was speaking with Pastor Steve, he said to my family, he said, I have a word of the Lord from you. And this is the 1990s when I was serving God, walking, not very stable, but still trying to walk with God. Dick Mills, through the prophet, Dick Mills, God said this to me. He said, God calls you his friend, but Satan's big guns are on you. And like a big ship, you're going to turn slowly back to him. And I didn't understand what the heck he was talking about. So in 2000, I walked away from God, Satan's big guns. Then I got my mother during that time, fell, broke her arm, was diagnosed with cancer, and died three months later. The big guns were on my family. My wife and I walked away from God, and we stopped attending any church anywhere in the world after being a faithful attendee of Jubilee for many years in the 90s. The big guns were on us. But then, 20 years, and you, and you know what? Where it says, you lovers of pleasure and lovers of themselves. Well, I was a lover of myself, and I thought, okay, I have a good family. I have four children. Multiple wives, not at the same time. Serial polygamy. <laughs> Houses in Florida and Arizona, California. 
I've been to every continent in the world except Antarctica and Greenland. It's not a continent, but I've never been. So I've traveled and I've owned things, you know, homes, cars, boats. But you know what? I found out after 20 years of being in the world and running away from God, because that's, that's the truth. I was running away from God because it's hard to serve God when you're doing it on your own strength, having a form of godliness and denying its power. Because you can't do it. Nobody can do it. I failed. So running from God cost me everything. My children don't, don't love me or God anymore. My ex-wife certainly don't love me or God anymore. And I didn't. But in 2020, during COVID, after being to, you know, just a small summary, I've been to Paris, London, Edinburgh, Rome, Jerusalem, Dubai, you know, Johannesburg, South Africa. I've walked the Great Wall of China. I've climbed the Eiffel Tower. I've been in, you know, the Empire State Building. Every, every state in the United States, every major city, for business and pleasure, I would travel a couple of times a month. So I saw everything, and it's empty and worthless and it was a waste of time because I couldn't find happiness, I couldn't find joy, I couldn't find peace. Nothing, nowhere in all that striving and all that searching, pleasure seeking, eating, drinking, smoking, none of that satisfied me. For a moment I thought, it was, I thought I was getting something I wanted, but it was nothing because after it was over, just like a piece of candy, like cotton candy, once you taste it, it disappears and it's gone. But God, he had his hand on me because I did give my life to him in 1990s when I was at Jubilee. And I told God, don't let me go. Right? He says he writes us our names in the palms of his hands. And he does not forget us. And so I dedicated myself to him before I walked away and said, Lord, never let me go. Keep me, Lord, no matter what I do. But I forgot all that. But God honors the prayers yes. of his people. Even when we're not faithful, God is faithful. Yeah. And I stand here as a return because in 2020, during COVID, I had money. I had a home. I have, I have a BMW. I have a home in Camarillo. I have a wife. I have everything I need. And I was miserable sitting at home. I couldn't go anywhere, do anything. I have comfort. All my bills are paid. So this is not a person who's suffering in poverty and, and has a pitiful life. I did have a pitiful, pitiful life, but to the world I looked complete and, and fine. But inside I knew, and God was convicting me, that I was missing the whole purpose for my life. And after hours and days and weeks of crying alone in my bedroom without my wife, because she wouldn't understand, but I cried out to God and said, you know, I realize what I did, and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And where should I go back to get, rededicate my life? And just like I heard today, you go back, Remy, you go back to where you left God. Where did I leave God? Jubilee Camarillo. Where am I standing today? Jubilee Camarillo. God is good.
God is good. So I thank you for your prayers and your faithfulness that you're here too. And you're back, D, where you belong. Yeah. Yeah. So God is good. So put the next scripture up that I gave you out of 2 Timothy. So this is God's command to me and to you if you'll receive it. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. That's what I'm doing. Be ready in season and out of season. I was not ready to share today. It was a surprise. I was up till 2 in the morning striving, what should I do today? Convince. Please receive Jesus Christ and his salvation. Exhort. Stop sinning. God has to judge sin. He has to. But he doesn't want to. With all long suffering, how long do I have to stand up here till you decide to change? How long does God have to wait? He's been waiting. He waited 20 years for me to come to the end of my rope. I hope it's not as long for you and your family. But like we heard from Irma, Maybe there's a miracle around the corner and teaching. So Lord is teaching us in this, this meeting and every Sunday and, and Wednesday when we come. In fact, I come on Wednesdays and I pray, and I didn't want to come on Wednesdays and pray because, you know, that's not a fun thing if you think about it. I'd rather be, you know, eating bonbons and sitting on the couch. But no, God says go pray because the pastor said come pray. So, okay, I have to be obedient. You know, sometimes... Just listening to what God's doing and saying, yes, Lord, okay, I don't want to do it. I don't think I need to do it, but you do it. And I think most of you who have come to prayer and, and do whatever God is calling you to do, you find that it becomes joy and gives you peace and, and really makes you come alive. Yes, yes. So I'm, I'm smiling here and standing before you and saying, all the things in the world that I had before are nothing and a waste of time and don't matter. And I know the world is trying to convince you with temptations and advertising that it all is what you need. The new car. I've had Porsches, BMWs, Mercedes, uh, Opals, Volvos, my wives. My son, I gave my son a new Jaguar. I gave my other son a BMW. It's not the things that matter. It doesn't make them happy. They, don't, they weren't happy. They used it to get to whatever empty lifestyle that they ended up with. So that didn't help them or me. Uh, you give your you know, relatives money. I've written a check for 25000 to my, my wife's sister. Did that make her happy and change her life for the better? No, she hates me now because she wants more. In fact, if you win the lottery or do something that gives you great wealth, what you'll discover is all your relationships are ruined because why do people like you? You start to wonder, and Satan puts this in your mind. Why do they like me? Why do they want to marry me or hang around me? And then maybe they start asking you for things. Oh, yeah, I need help with this payment or this. Oh, you should buy me a house or buy me a car or... Let's go on vacation together, you pay. Let's go. <laughs> and you find out that you don't have 
true love, you have conditional love, which is, is empty. So God gives us the true love, which is yes. just come with your heart and love each other with your heart. It doesn't matter who you are, what you have, how you look, where you come from, like those lost people that are gonna come through the doors. They're gonna come hurting and, and devastated. Everyone's going through a crisis now. It's, it's time for us to wake up that people are in crisis. There's health crisis, whether it's them, their parents with Alzheimer and dementia, their children with diseases or, or some mental illness, it's also a crisis in finances where they don't have enough to pay their bills and housing. They can't afford a house or they can't get a house. And the crisis just continues and it never ends. So we're the anti-crisis hotline because yes. we have the yes. direct line to the king. Yes. 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 And just yes. as I stand here yes. and tell you, I didn't know I was going to be saved. And Irma didn't know her son was going to be saved the day, the time, yes. or even... We just hope that it would happen. But God is able to do more than we ask or think. Yes. Yes. So go to the last scripture, which is in John 3.14. And now I'm going to ask you the most important question. It's for you at home, as well as anyone that's here, that hasn't proclaimed that Jesus Christ is Lord of their life and received his salvation, his great gift to the new covenant. So let me share with you the message, the good news, the gospel. John 3:14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And the most important thing, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So with that, I'm going to stop and ask if there's anyone at home and anyone here that has not received this free gift of salvation or would like to pray with me, because I'm going to rededicate myself again right here in, on this stage. If you haven't received Jesus, raise your hand, because we want to pray for you. If anybody's here, okay. If anybody's at home, please stand up with me and pray this prayer. Let's go back to 3 John 14. You can. Let's stand in the gap for those. We're watchmen standing in the gap for, for the children like Irma's. I'm sure she stood in the gap many years. So let's confess these words for ourselves. So everywhere it says someone else, put your loved one's name in there. So, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, the Son of Man must be lifted up. I believe that Jesus was lifted up. I believe. I believe he was lifted That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I believe my family should not perish but have eternal life. My sons, my daughters, my ex-wives even. Father, I forgive them. 
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The next one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for your daughter, your son, your wife, your mother, your father, your neighbors. That they believe in him and should not perish but have everlasting yes, life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn fill in the blank. But that through that person that you're praying for, Jesus would save them. So Father God, I thank you for hearing our prayer and our confession that our loved ones and our family and friends are saved. Yes, Lord. And we claim them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Messiah, that they are going to be in the kingdom. We claim them. Yes, Lord. We have authority yes, over Lord, scorpions and snakes and over all the power of the enemy. And I declare that Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ is Lord, Lord of their life. Of the and they Lord must the obey yes. the call of the Holy yes. Spirit, yes. the elect. In the, name in the name of Jesus, call them, drag them, put a hook in their mouth and drag them home. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Continue standing. I want to release a blessing as you go. We go out tomorrow morning. We start uh, 10 o'clock service. We start prayer in the soaking room at 9. Lunch is at 11.30. Bring your friends. Everyone's welcome. And God is going to bring us, I believe, he's going to bring a conclusion for this conference, this, this gathering, and, and then release the future. Those of you who did not get the show, the testimony you told me about you had, come on Wednesday service because we will again just launch another series of returning. Heavenly Father, you have done a work that is only yours to do. You are the great harvester in the midst of Sukkot, the ingathering of the harvest. You have done so by gathering our hearts. You brought our fragmented lives back into Jesus. You've inspired us. You returned us. You renewed us. And we rejoice in what you've done. And we ask that it would, like you declared to Ali and like you showed me on Wednesday, what you are doing cannot be undone, even by us. We are not that large, and you are that large. You are big. You are big. So we receive the big, big God touching and continuing the work that you've initiated, released, or returned us to in Jesus' glorious name. Bless this rest of our day. Collect us in good sleep and let us come and celebrate this Sunday morning together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Blessing. Thank you, everyone, so much.